We're letting the ponies out of the barn and kicking off another day of Sooner Sports Talk. It's time for the T-Row in the Morning Show with the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland and TJ Perry. Hit the guys up on the law offices of Rod Polston Tax Resolution Line at 405-329-9000. Sound off on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Now, live from the Palace in Piedmont and the Brown O'Haver Studios in Norman, here are Toby Rowland and TJ Perry. It's the T-Row in the Morning Show. Ladies and gentlemen, we have just witnessed the biggest comeback in the history of Oklahoma State football. Down by 21, the Cowboys rally and beat Notre Dame 37-35. What an incredible exclamation point on this magical 2021 season. Stroud's going to go on top once more. Looks right, looks left, throws long on the right side toward the end zone. Ball in the air. Caught Jackson it. Smith and Jigba's got it. Yeah. Touchdown, Jackson Smith and Jigba on a 30-yard pass play as C.J. Stroud strikes for his sixth touchdown pass of the game. And Ohio State has their first lead of the night, 44-38. Bohannon goes under center, second and goal from the three. Pass it. Touchdown, Bears. Gary Bohannon. It's Taekwon Thornton for the touchdown, a slant from the left side. What happened to Antonio Brown? Did he quit? I've never seen a guy leave a field like that, and is this the last strike for him? He is no longer a buck. All right, that's the end of the story. Let's talk about the guys that went out there and won the game. Right baseline gap. Thought about it. Dribbles to the high post. Kicks it up top to top. Left wing Matty. Open three. Oh, my goodness. Maddie Williams, another level here to start the third quarter. She's got 10 third quarter points, and it's 68-43 Sooners. Angles left off to Harkless. Harkless baseline cut off. 12 to shoot. Harkless on the wing. One-on-one against McGurl. Crosses him over, gets deep, gets bumped, gets fouled. Hit it! He hit it! Harkless from behind the backboard! There's your big shot taker right there, TJ. The king of the chaos we've that, started calling. That shot got out. Oh! Out of me. Saturday night. What a shot. Yeah. He likes it with the shot clock running down and nothing going toward the basket. And it looks like the world is on fire. Elijah Harkless. Sooners win. 71-69 in their Big 12 opener over Kansas State, New Year's night. I did like that being on New Year's. That was kind of fun, I thought, Saturday. Uh, no Tanner Groves, no Jacob Groves, no Bijan Cortez, all in health and safety protocols Saturday. And uh, OU is now 11-2 and on the year, 1-0 and in the Big 12. And afterwards, we chatted with Porter Moser, who picked up his first Big 12 win. We're joined by Jenny Baranchek and Maddie Williams. After Wrong one. Sorry, TJ. We'll get to that one here in just a second. Afterwards, we chatted with Porter Moser, who picked up his first Big 12 victory. Coach, you're 1-0 in Big 12 play. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I want to thank all the people that came here. You know, there was one particular thing. It was a big free throw, and the crowd started going nuts, and they missed a free throw. So I just appreciate that. But, uh, you know, we, it was a gut-out win. Yeah. You know, shorthanded. The, some, you know, Jordan, Elijah, Moe, they were, Jalen, those four specifically were exhausted. 
And, um, you know, you got to give Kansas State credit. They pulled out some, you know, a lot of big shots, deep shots to hang in there. You know, down four, they hit a three. You know, down seven, they hit a three. You know, to keep it going to where you get a couple stops, and then they, but they didn't quit. They, they, they just played so hard and um, found a way to win. They tied you up late. Yeah. Had all the momentum. You know, what was important for you down the stretch? To we called a timeout, and we were like, we, we, we didn't want to ISO it that much, but we were trying to get a little, our guys were exhausted. We were trying to get a hard cut. We called it a chase action, lift EJ out of the corner and drive him. And it, it was slow developing, and it, but we wanted the ball in EJ's hands. He's been so good late, you know, coming up with some shots. And shoot, I didn't drop that exact shot, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Behind the but we were try- Oh, my God. We were trying to get him, though, on a, on a quick lift, rip, and go to the go to the basket. Um, but that's we really wanted him the, down the stretch in the ball hands. Uh, free throws with Mo. I mean, big free throws yeah. that he made. Um, I mean, even that shot that Mark Smith hit with a left-hand floater, Musad hit like three 25-footers. Pack hit a 25-footer. Yeah. Those are they made some big shots to hang in there, and you got to give them credit. And I'm just we're just fortunate enough to uh, to find a way to win. I want to talk about Harkless for a second. We, I talked to you, I think, back in the summer, as just kind of asking you what you thought you had in your team, and I remember you said something like, "I I, I like our team. I don't know if we have a shot clock guy." Yeah. A guy that you can give the ball and make a big shot at the end of a shot clock. Boy, Harkless has become so good at that for you this year. You know what? He has, and he's uh, he's getting confidence. Almost like the more uh, contested his shot is, the better it is. Yeah. You know, he seems like he's making contested right. ones. Um, but he's just so tough. And I will say this. You know, we haven't played guys like 36, 35. We've, had, we've tried to keep them fresh because it's hard what we do defensively to play as hard as we're trying to play defensively. So all of a sudden you lose three guys that's been in your top eight or nine rotation. And now you're talking about coming after Christmas, too. The conditioning after the Christmas game is always, you know, an, a little bit of an issue. And uh, for those guys to play, you know, 35 minutes, Golden Wire, th- Jordan played 36 minutes bringing the ball up the whole game and having to defend all that stuff Kansas State runs, the ghost screens, the slips. I mean, they you got to give them credit on a lot of stuff they run. How did you feel like Shagwa and uh, Asanza did tonight filling in for Tanner? I thought I thought Ethan – obviously our offense is it really slips with him out there, but I thought I thought Ethan had nine assists – or nine, nine rebounds and four assists. So he did some nice things. You know, foul trouble is the thing that we're trying to – work with him with he got four fouls he was in foul trouble and then we had to go small and they went small yeah. and then actually that was their best lineup is when they went small um so we i wish we didn't have to do that but we we had to so um you know rick's just got to get some minutes i i don't think i don't think it was uh particularly his best minutes but you know maybe we can build on it we're going to need depending on what happens with tanner we're going to need him uh to come back he played yeah. 10 minutes um you know we just we need a little bit more production out of him out of the 10 minutes is there anything that that we know or we can tell folks about the, the guys that were out tonight as far as Tuesday is, you know. Jacob Groves has been cleared. You know, he was he okay. was there, and we're waiting on – we'll know about Tanner tomorrow, and uh, Bijan is, is, is might be a little longer. Okay. So um, – but I don't know anything detailed, but I, I know those three are still out. But uh, I do know this. Jacob's been cleared. He's the first one to get out of it, and uh, Jacob will be back, and then we'll find out about Tanner sometime mid-tomorrow. It was fun, huh? Tell you, thank you guys. Happy New Year. Appreciate the people that came here. Got to fill this thing, man. We got to fill this thing. You know, imagine if that. I mean, we got loud there for a second. You know, um, down the stretch with the free throws and that thing. And uh, man, can you imagine that with this thing fold? So we're going to keep going, and hopefully, we keep playing better, and uh, we'll fill this thing up. Congratulations, coach. Thanks Thanks for stopping by. All right. So one to know. 
Um, Porter's, uh, you know, we've talked about this a lot, Teach, but I, I, it'll get, I'm sure I'll get used to it someday. But just the whole, you know, the crouching in front of you during the, the games down in the defensive stance, just the high energy. Well, your uh, your picture was it? You that posted that picture of him squatting yeah. the other like that hurt me just looking at it. Yeah, like I don't know how he. It feels like he spends half the game in that stance. <laughs> there, whenever his team's on defense, <laughs> right. he's also on defense. Right. Uh, but it's a good win. I mean, he's right. K State made some. That Mark Smith dude had a night, man. And uh, they started just heaving stuff up, and everybody started going in. That's the thing. I talk about it all the time in Big 12 play. This uh, 18 games, 14, 15 of these games are going to be close with four minutes left. You go to that last media timeout, and it could go either way. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're up one. Maybe you're down one. Maybe you're up three. Maybe you're down three. The other night, OU was up five. I mean, it's going to be in that five-point or less range with the the final stretch to go. 14 or 15 of the 18 games this year will be that way. And it's about making the big shots in the big moments and getting the big stops in the big moments. That's how you win these games. And they did it the other night. Harkless made the big shot. Uh, they got a stop, although Pack had a really good look from three. He missed it. And that was the game. That was the game. And uh, it doesn't really matter what the record is of who's on the other side. They're all going to come down like that. Now, you'll have a rare blowout here or there. But for the most part, that's how Big 12, 12 play works. And uh, that was a good indoctrination into it on Saturday. Baylor's obviously at a different level than anyone else, but maybe getting them at a good time when they're feeling really good, maybe. a big road win, and they're back home feeling comfortable, and maybe you can go in there and and catch them early like OU's done with some people early in a game and kind of ride it for the night. So Maybe. You know, here, I'll tell you what I like and what concerns me. What I like is it is uh, what just what you said. They just got the emotional road win over a top-10 team, so they're coming home you know, feeling good about themselves. School's not back in session yet. Now, not that uh, Baylor crowd is a you know crazy home court advantage, but it's become better since they've gotten good, and certainly the student section is can be formidable. So they're not going to be back yet. That's good. So you got a Tuesday night six o'clock game with no students, you know. So there's a chance that it's a little flat in there tomorrow night. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe not, but there's a chance. What worries me is, and and here's the other thing about Baylor. They got one starter coming back, and it's the Thamba guy who doesn't really do much. They're really good. They can win the national championship again. But they're doing this so far with um, guys who were role players last year and new guys. And, uh, you know, there's a part of that that, is still a little bit unproven in right. my mind. Yeah. No, that's, that's maybe true. I'll come out maybe I'll come out Wednesday morning and say, never mind, Baylor's unbelievable. I'm still having a little bit of a hard time believing it, you know? They lost so much. They can't be this good again, can they? So uh that. Here's what concerns me. What Porter was talking about there 
with all the minutes that his main guys had to play Saturday night, uh, 35-plus minutes for Goldwire, Harkless, Gibson, and Hill. Late Saturday night, now you get on the road. You got you got a relatively short turnaround with a Tuesday game, and you're going on the road. So I worry a little bit about legs. Not that they aren't college kids in good shape, just the the level of defense that they play, the kind of energy that that takes, and you're gonna have to do it for 40 minutes to beat a Baylor. That might be a big ask, but. If the Groves brothers are fine, then they should be fresh. So that's mm-hmm. good. I no, guess. that's good. Depending on, Assuming they you know, hopefully sick. that they don't have side effects or anything. So, Yeah, I don't even know if they were sick or if they just tested positive or if one of them just lives with the other one. So, you know, like they get, one of them got contact traced. I, I don't know. I haven't heard the details of all that. So it's there's a big difference with this thing, as you know, TJ, as to whether you've you just been contact traced, or you've been right. sick. I mean, well, if you've yeah, been sick, yeah, yeah. it knocks you on your tail, man. I could, did me anyway. Uh, but if you just happen to be close to somebody, that's a whole different thing, obviously. So, anyway, six o'clock tomorrow night. Uh, we'll do the show tomorrow morning live from from Waco. All right, let's talk bowl games when we come back. Love to hear from you, folks. Four zero five three two nine nine thousand. You could text the show, Air Comfort Solutions, text line 405-651-3439. About an hour from now, Bob Stoops joins us live. We'll be back. This is four-time national championship OU women's gymnastics coach K.J. Kindler, and you're listening to The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Toby and TJ back with you, T-Row in the morning show. This hour brought to you by Saxon Realty Group. If you're thinking of a change this new year, looking to sell your home, ask Terry and Jackie Saxon about their $8.99 listing fee. It can save you thousands of dollars and still get the great customer service you would with any other realtor out there. 405-361-3380 or saxonrealtygroup.com. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, thank you. Company line in SEC is to point out the good cover over the bad SEC. Dog, go dogs, by the way. Agree. Uh, holy cow. Someone just kicked on the heater here in the building, and it's got that uh, first-time kicked-on smell, you know? Yeah. Gosh. Smells like it's burning. <laughs> if, I, if you hear a thud and I pass out on the floor, it's from the fumes that are coming through <laughs> the vents right now. <laughs> Uh, Dave Aranda is so odd Being interviewed on the field after the game For some reason it reminded me of the Tim Meadows character The uh, the ladies man Not sure why he's just awkward He is Yeah I don't know if he's awkward He's just football guy He's just All that matters is X and O's And uh, after the uh, I know after the post game Like he's telling the guys Take your placards You need those as souvenirs Get those which was cool. Well, I, I, think I kind odd. of thought that was I, cool. I think he's odd. I, I think that there's a there's football guy, and then there's like he's a cyborg or something. Like he's <laughs> there's no emotion at all. None. 
like Bob Stoops is football guy, you know. I mean, uh, but still true. he gets excited. <laughs> I mean, true. there's it's a difference between being tough and just absolutely never showing any emotion either way whatsoever. Uh, it's bizarre, but he can coach. He can definitely coach. There's no doubt about that. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Harkless needs to average 18 points in conference. Is what this texter thinks. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the 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 beauty of this team is that they 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 can spread it around. Like Taylor or Tanner, I'm sorry. I think will be their leading scorer. He is their leading scorer, and I think most more often than not, he'll be their leading scorer. But Emoja has big nights. You know, if he's hitting and and the three's falling, he'd go for twenty. Um, I don't. Uh, Jalen Hill, we've seen him have some big nights, so I don't think Harkless has to be an eighteen point a game guy to make a difference. He plays such good defense. He rebounds. I started his candidacy Saturday night for defensive player of the year in the Big Twelve. Um. I want to see if he can go get that this year. I, th- I think he's that good. But there's going to be nights where he scores, like he did the other night, and he did against Arkansas. He had 21 in each of those games. There's going to be nights where EJ has nine and still makes a giant impact on the game, and they can get points from somewhere else. So, but he's, I mean, he's not going to average 18 a game. I can tell you that right now. So, if, I mean, But he's capable of stepping up especially like Saturday when they had one of their big guns out and providing extra scoring. So that's nice. Let's see. Last one we've got here. Good morning, guys. Looks like we got a new leader on Bowl Mania. Shameless plug, Air Force Joe. All right, we'll update Bowl Mania here in a bit. Uh, We've teased bowl games, so tell me, TJ, how are we going to fix this? Because I'm frustrated. Um, I'm frustrated with all the opt-outs. I'm frustrated with what these games have become. Nobody cares about them. We're playing the important games right in the middle of all the games. This this college football postseason is a mess, and I hate it. How do we fix it? It's a mess. I don't know how you fix it. I, I mean, I honestly don't. Uh, one way is to get rid of some of these bowls. You, you need to make it harder to get in, make it more prestigious to get in. You've got to cut them way down. Um, that would help in one manner. Like, tell people you're going to get left out. Just because you win six games doesn't mean you get a spot in a bowl game. Um, got to have a winning record. Everybody's answer is going to be you extend the playoff, and that's just never been my answer. I just I love the sport of college football. I love the way it builds to an end with that final ranking and everybody mashing their teeth. And if you, you go to 8, you go to 12, you go to 16, whatever it is, whether people want to admit it or not, they take some of it away. I'm going to say this. I sat and watched the NFL all day yesterday, and I've said this for years. It's a garbage league. It is a terrible product, and it's built to have uh, climatic endings in a lot of these games by having pass interference just be a, an offensive play to put teams back into positions to make quick strikes at the end of games and, and and pull out some victories and some chances. I don't want 
college football to become that. And that's what we're trending towards. We're trending towards it with the NIL deals. We're trending toward it, towards it with the uh, transfer portal. And we're trending towards it as soon as we start expending this thing out. So I don't know how you fix it and make those games mean something to a lot of those guys. It's just become... It's in my way. I've got to go start training. I've got to sign with my agent, and I've got to start preparing for the draft. And that game's just in my way. It means nothing. So I don't know how you fix that. Okay, here's my plan. Okay. I disagree with you on the playoff. I think it's the only hope. Uh... I think that it needs to be expanded for a couple of reasons. One, to make the postseason special again. And two, to spread the love. Um, I think we're seeing Georgia, Florida, Ohio State, you know, these same Clemson, these same teams over and over again because, like, I've talked about this for years now. They keep playing these big games, which gives them the millions of dollars worth of free advertising, which gives them the recruiting boost, which puts them back in the big games again. And we need to spread that out. And I like 12. I would take eight. I like 12. The more teams that could participate in that, I think it would be more exciting. Would we end up at the same place? Yeah, maybe. Uh, Maybe there would be an upset along the way. Maybe we'd end up with the same two teams. But I think we'd have some entertaining outcomes along the way. You say, well, if Alabama beat Cincinnati, what would they have done to the eighth-place team? Yeah, Maybe they would have beat them just as bad, but that 3-6 game or that 4-5 game or that 7-12 game or whatever in there would have been some fun football with teams playing for their lives. Sure, some of those may be competitive games. But we've even seen with four teams, the the two games we've had every year aren't competitive in most cases. They're just I don't not. care about that. Well, I, that doesn't make any difference to me. You could have, should have, would have this whole thing out until you have 100 teams in a playoff, but... I don't want 100 teams. I want 12. I want I want more people, more fan bases, more teams interested at the end of the year. And thus helps more recruiting bases, thus spreads the wealth a little bit. Actually wealth, like legitimately money. Spread it a bit. Now... As for the rest of the Bulls, because that's 11 games right there. If you go to a 12-team playoff, that's 11 games, okay, in the postseason. Of games that matter, chasing a championship, which I hope guys would not opt out of. As for the rest of the Bulls, I like the Rick Neuheisel suggestion. I brought it up on here before. Put them in week one. Make it. The bang to start the college football season. Have 20 bowl games, whatever. Maybe you, maybe it's uh, 25, 30, whatever it is. I really don't care. You qualify for it by doing well the year before. It's still a vacation. The guys go there to start the season for a week with a bang. They get to go play in the Sun Bowl or in the Sugar Bowl or whatever. And it's a great way to start the season it's it's a bunch of great matchups in week one of the college football season and people play in them and care about them because it counts it counts towards your record uh you say well everybody's not going to want to play one extra game don't make it one extra game 
make it week one. Everybody who doesn't make a bowl game has another game they got to play. And it's going to be a crappy one because all the good teams are in the bowls. Um, then you've got, then you can keep the fun of the Outback Bowl or whatever. You know how excited we are to start the college football season, TJ? You know how we're counting down? Oh, my gosh, there's a Thursday night game. It's Miami and East Carolina. I can't wait to watch it. We would be excited for week one if across the board we had bowl games in week one. Oklahoma opens in the you know Alamo Bowl or Orange Bowl or whatever. You could still call it that. And it would be a fun intersectional matchup. And the end of the year is just the tournament. The end of the year is just the teams that qualify to race for the national championship. I don't hate the I don't scrub think... bowl idea being week one. I don't hate that. I can't stand the thought of an extended playoff. Just can't stand it. Yeah, I know. I'm never going to win you over on that. I understand. I, I don't. I, I know you and Sean are strong in that category. I don't quite get it, but to each his own. Whatever. I, I'm more football, more fun, as far as I'm concerned. Especially more important games. This year, you would have had Alabama and Michigan in your national championship game. That would have been. If we had your way, well, we would have had Alabama and Michigan playing for the title. Well, so. no, if I had my way, we would go back to the BCS computers. and. Um, no, that would have been Michigan. Well, it would have been Michigan? I don't know yeah. if it would have been. Alabama. No, it would have been. I, the, the BCS computers. Well, they would have got it wrong thing every year. this year, but it should have been Georgia-Alabama. They were the two best teams. but It should have been, but you needed four teams to get to that. <laughs> you need to get Two the best terrible two teams. games. With two first-timers, there were new blood in there this year, and they were garbage games. Yeah, there were first-timers, but but there's a difference between going once, like Michigan and Michigan State and Cincinnati and um, Washington got in there one year. Mm -hmm. There's a difference in going once and going seven times, you know? I mean, that's a great boost for to go once. It's exponential to be there every year. So it's not its not like you can't get into the four-team playoff with a great season. Of course you can. Um, I don't know. It would just be fun, man. I just think it would be fun. More games, more the, the, going down the year. You're trying to, well, if we win this, we get a home field advantage, or we get this matchup. If you can get a top four seed, you get, uh, you get a bye, you know, however it works. I think it would make the end of the year a blast. But there you go. That's my uh, idea. 7.33. We'll be back. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. I said, no, sir, no, sir, I got a little bit of time to go. Got a Monday night game tonight, Browns and Steelers. Browns are out. Steelers still have a prayer of a chance at the playoffs. The uh, big Monday game postponed tonight. It was supposed to be uh, West Virginia, TCU. TCU's having a hard time right now with the uh, COVID stuff. They haven't played a game in a while. Several of them they've had canceled. Uh, straight to the phones we go. we got full phone lines. When you hear somebody drop off, jump in. 
We'll start with Steve. Steve, good morning. Welcome to the T-Row in the Morning Show on the Ref. Good morning, guys. How are we doing this morning? Doing good. How are you, bud? I got a little... I'm good. Thank you. I've got a little take on the bowl deal. Um, yeah. and I have a question, uh, Toby, first. Let's just take the big four, we'll say, on defense for OU this year. If they were playing on January the 10th, how many of those guys do you think would have actually opted out, in your opinion? None. I I would think so, too. Um, in watching the bowl I mean, no, games throughout Nobody's the opted tournament. out from these playoff games. Correct. And I... And I and I really haven't seen throughout the whole bowl season. I really didn't see that many teams that had, we'll say, a reputable bowl. Now I'm not saying Alamo Bowl and reputable, but they didn't have that many opt outs. It was mostly the teams that you know were going to the Cheez It Bowl and, and places like that. Um, no, now, no, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Ohio okay. State had half their team opt out the Rose Bowl. That's true. That's true. Oklahoma and Oregon had that. a ton of opt-outs. I mean, that is the Alamo Bowl. But, uh, right, right. yeah, I mean, there there were some big-time bowl games that had a bunch of opt-outs. And let me ask you one more question as far as your playoff, uh, the Rick Neuheisel theory. Um, would the games possibly be that good, though? Um, because teams coming into the first week, yeah, you have a lot of teams that are pretty decent in their first week, but you also have a lot of good teams that struggle in their first week too. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. kind of wondering, I'm just kind of wondering how good those bowl games would be. That's my only, that's my only drawback to that. Not, not disagreeing with you and not disagreeing yeah. with, with new high, no, but I just it's uh, a good, wondered. About it's a good point. Hey, thanks for the yeah. call, Steve. I, right, buddy, uh, I don't know. See, I don't know how good the games would be, um, but I do know how excited we are early in the year. And when we get some good early season matchups, like some of these already are that, uh, we're just not calling it that already, you know. I mean, next year, Oregon and and, um, Georgia open the year against each other in Atlanta. And we call it something else, the something kickoff classic. You know, somebody's going to play in Jerry World to start the year next year and some kind of kickoff classic. I mean, we got to... We got three, four, five of these already. We just don't call them bowl games. I'm saying go down the list. I mean, make make the first two weeks of the college football season uh, bowl season. And the teams that earned it from the year before get a little uh, week one vacay slash get to go play a bowl game somewhere fun. And you play two bowl games a day every night. You know, that's how you start off college football. Monday, you got uh afternoon game and a night game. Yeah, that's 28 games in two weeks to kick off the college football season. And some of them would be good. Some of them would be bad. But you'd have some interesting matchups. And and uh, this is probably never going to happen, so I'm just wasting my breath. But it sounds like a fun idea to me. Sean, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Toby, and a happy new good year. Good morning, Sean. And, uh, happy new year. I think I've got the answer. But first, before right. I tell you it, uh, shout out to Kenny Mossman. I saw he retired over the weekend, and I got the pleasure of interacting with him probably twice, not very often, but I saw him and was a super nice guy. And uh, thanks, a uh, long time at OU, and he will be missed from the uh, OU family. Um, All-timer of a guy has, a really good uh, guy. has been incredibly impactful 
to Oklahoma's yeah. success in every phase of the athletic department uh, over the last over the Joe Castiglione era, and uh, I I respect that guy immensely. We've had the opportunity to work closely in some regard, and he has always given me sage advice. And the fact that he's going into the ministry is near and dear to my heart. And no. I, I could not be a bigger fan of an individual than I am of Kenny Mossman. I think the world of that guy. Uh, agreed. And, uh, hey, the guy was uh, – I know he took a couple of road trips with Taco. So, I mean, obviously yep. has the patience of a saint. <laughs> so, uh, real quick, one, it would help, and it's hard to do in this market. We need to quit looking at things through the lenses of Oklahoma football. Okay. Uh, bowl games do matter. People do care. Uh, you see a team get that sixth win to get eligible, and they go nuts. Uh, college football is unique in that it is able to crown 30 champions a year. These things do help your program. You, you, you do get a bump out of that. You get the extra practice. You get the extra exposure. One of the problems they've got is they've tried to give every game a window, and I think that leads to a – uh, the long drawn outness of bowl season, but um, I, I, I completely disagree with the thought that bowl games don't matter and that nobody cares. I just I don't buy that at all, um, and it certainly matters to OU. Uh, the Alamo Bowl certainly mattered. Um, I think we focus too much on the opt outs, and that's and I say this: it's like we've broken the sport, and now we want to tinker with it more to fix what we've broken. And, you know, we talked about this with softball. It's going great. Let's fix it. Uh, And you've done that to football, and we've seen the outcome with that. But I think the only way forward now, you are going to have to allow college football, and let's just stick with football, you're going to have to allow them to form a union. You are going to have to then allow college football to have a governing body that can negotiate a CBA where your NIL or your NLI or what a national letter, yeah, your NLI becomes your contract and you are beholden to it. And there are, again, penalties for jumping schools. There are, again, rules in place, a, a, a governing body that can set up what we're going to do with NIL, which in its theory was great. And we've seen what it's become in just a few short months. And I, I think that's the only way to solve it is to, and I don't mean the NCAA. I mean just for football, you're going to have to get it, because that's what we've got now basically, but it's the conferences. You're going to have to get a governing body on one side and a governing body for the player, or not, a union for the players on the other and sign a contract. And, unfor- and unfortunately, that's, I think that's the point we've gotten to. And one last thing, I think it would help. I think players are not getting sage advice either because there's a lot of guys going to the NFL draft that, A, aren't going to be drafted, and, B, are going to spend a week Mm -hmm. in a training camp. Mm -hmm. And they should have spent that last year in college playing and working towards something. I think they're getting a lot of bad advice about exactly where they're going to end up with their football. I agree with that. I agree with that. Hey, good call, Sean. Appreciate it. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it, man. Uh, I'll respond to some of what he had to say uh, when we come back. We need a break, though. 7.46 in the morning, Monday morning. We got Bob Stoops coming up. We'll get his thoughts on this topic and others. 
about a half hour. Back after this. The Sooners are Alamo Bowl champs, and nobody brought you better coverage all season long than the ref. This is your home for Sooner fans. Saxon Realty Group brings you this hour. Give them a call. $8.99 listing fee. They can save you thousands of dollars. Put that money in your pocket when you sell your home. 405-361-3380 or visit saxonrealtygroup.com. The text line just got very busy. I don't know why. Here uh, <laughs> Comfort Solutions text line. The less prestigious bowl games are the only ones where all the players are excited to be there, so why would you get rid of those? I don't want to get rid of them. I want to move them to the beginning of the year. Yeah. Sean kind of briefly hit on it. One thing that would probably help a little bit with it is don't continually, continuously tell us through the game how many players have opted out and how many players aren't on the team and keep naming them. Like, that's been every bowl game this season that I've watched. It's like, oh, Billy Bob's not here and Joe Bob's not here and they're, they're without uh, such and such on the defensive side. And it's like, it's just what they've constantly told me, like, don't acknowledge them. If they move on, they move on. Okay. Ignore them. Uh, <laughs> I, think the one of, I think one of the ways to try and make the players want to hang around and play in those ball, uh, ball games has to come from the NFL. If they can create a system or an anybody who dumps out on their team before the season was over has their draft status knocked down. No, that's not going to happen. This is this this predictive text got them all over on this thing, but a cultural change in the NFL seems impossible to create, but if you can do it with the supply, you do it with demand, so you change the demand for those players and find ways to raise their level of significance to the NFL if they hung out through the whole season. Yeah, but the NFL doesn't give a rip. No, they don't. They don't. They don't work in conjunction. The college football is their farm system, and they would just want those guys to get to them healthy. So if they opt out, great. There is no collaborative effort between the NFL and college football to try to help college football. Nor will there be, unfortunately. This one says the playoff slash bowl situation is always a tricky one because the people that put on the bowl games will never want to give it up, and they're actually the problem going to a true playoff format where you reward the better teams with home field advantage. Yeah, that's another debate. I do like the home field advantage thing, and you could still keep some top bowls, seven of them. Yeah, the, the, that's if, another if, debate. If you expand day. out, you've got to have home and home, uh, you know, uh, home team host a, a round or two, you can't continuously travel every week and uh, head out to neutral site games. Uh, divide the bowl fans. fans. Don't put the games on television. Fans, yeah. Uh, divide the bowl payout pay among scholarship players. That's what this one says. <laughs> okay. That's, well, that's not happening got, either. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a, in part what funds an athletic department, you know? Which pays for pays for the trip. Um, a lot of these bowl games, certainly some of the smaller ones, are in the red. The 
amount of money you make from the game doesn't even offset the expenses for going to the game and playing in the game. Now, some of the bigger ones certainly they do, but they're counting on that money to fund the athletic department. So I don't mind a portion of it, maybe, but um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't think they're going to do the whole the whole check. You want one more? Or you want to get to? Yeah, let's get Ringo here? in here. Real let's fast. get Ringo. Okay, Ringo. Good morning. Hey, T. Row. Um, just going to say, I, I, I like everybody else. Hate all this nil junk. I hate it. T- the Teddy clip he played was was dead on. Uh, I know we're probably up against it here, but I got two questions, and I'll take them off the air. Obviously, the first one is, what role does the university itself play in the divvying out of these NIL monies and and contracts and all that stuff? That's the first one. And then the second one is, would you, T-Row, be willing to promise the fans and all the listening audience here that when you make your exit from your broadcasting career – that you do it in the same way Antonio Brown did his yesterday. Can you promise <laughs> us that you will do that? Thanks, Hero. Thanks, Ringo. <laughs> they nobody want that. It now, may happen on. the day it goes to a 12-team playoff for me. <laughs> I'm out! <laughs> oh, my God. That would uh, You talk about scaring the women and children. Holy cow, that would be... <laughs> That would be unfortunate. Um, What role does the university play? Well, the university helps. The the simplest way I could say it is, the university tries to help bring them together. If you are a company, business, who would like to uh, find an athlete to sponsor, if you are an athlete trying to find a business, they are the the university is the matchmaker, TJ, and uh, hey so that's how that's that's how that works. You can you you have to in order to do it uh, by the rules. You have to kind of go through the university. So there's a name for this what they call theirs at OU, and I don't have it at the top of my brain right now, but they actively try to bring together athletes and companies who would be interested in providing NIL deals for athletes. That's the simplest way I can say it. Hope I said that right. If I didn't, I fully anticipate compliance will be texting me during this break. <laughs> I, think I, I, think I'm, uh, I think I got that clear. Top of the hour break. Bob Stoops live at 820. We'll be back. Sure.